0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. uh,
1: He's scared of nothing. And I think everyone knows him as a pitcher. He's been around for a very long time. He's had a very successful career. He's pitched in some big, big spots. And once you get a chance to know him, you can see how he's had success in those spots. It is the Score North first place Twins show live from Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 57. Rami Makhloff here from the 105.7 FM, the fan studios in Milwaukee. Derek Wetmore back in Score North headquarters along with Manny Hill. And two hours of Twins talk coming your way today. We'll talk about that series with the White Sox over this weekend. Twins president of baseball operations, Derek Falvey, joins the show in our number two at 120. And Phil Mackey will be part of our number two as well. Boys, how are things back in the Twin Cities? Awesome, Rami. What's up? Not much. It's weird being back here. I mean, it's cool. It's nice. <laughs> I've seen a lot of familiar and friendly faces, some of my favorite faces in the radio industry, but uh, it's weird. It's so weird.
2: Do you see on Twitter, Rami posted a photo of what at first I thought was an airplane hangar, and it turns out it was actually Miller Park. You oh. can see the beautiful Milwaukee skyline just completely interrupted by that, uh, that big retractable roof hair, yeah. thing they got yeah. going on there. You know,
1: I didn't look up, guys, because uh, I go to baseball for, uh, what do they call it? Baseball. <laughs> and cheese curds and beer. <laughs> oh, bratwurst. Oh. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> My girlfriend put ketchup on a hot dog. I gave her back to Brewers Nation. Nope, that's fine. We like her around here. That's good stuff.
3: That's a, that's a winner in my book, Remy. <laughs>
1: hey, enough, enough about my weekend and my time here in Milwaukee, guys. I'll be here uh, doing this, this show and Mackie and Judd with Robbie for the next three days. But we do have twins news to get to. And like I said, we'll talk about the series over this weekend. But that was Rocco Baldelli to open the show, talking about the newest twin reliever, Sergio Romo, who comes over from the Marlins with a 2 0 record, 17 saves, a three five eight ERA, and 38 appearances this season, Derek. I didn't know he had been so good recently with a. Point ERA in his last 15 appearances. So hopefully that's the Sergio Romo that they're getting for the stretch run here.
2: Yeah, you gotta hope. I mean, it's a fun trade for the Twins. We can get way more into this and what's next. Throughout the two hours of the score in our first place, I Do think the show there might today? be some reckless speculation. I, I believe that is on the schedule. 48 hours away from the trade <laughs> deadline, and actually, we have got a guy joining us on the phone in the second hour who uh, probably doesn't want to hear any of our reckless speculation. So we got to get all our shots up first before Derek Falvey joins well, the show. Well, when
1: you get Derek Falvey on the show, you don't pose it as reckless speculation. You just say, "Derek, we got some ideas,
2: hearing for you. some things." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I got my ear to the ground this weekend <laughs> in. Uh, (laughs) Queens, New York. No, but so we'll get into all what, you know, what might be next and if this is enough to get the Twins over the hump for October, or even get them to October for starters, but it's hard to avoid the conclusion, and, and this is what I wrote about in my five thoughts column posted to scorenorth.com today, Rami, is... And the ScoreNorth mobile app. is it, your
1: one-stop shop for all written content. It
2: is on the mobile app, too, yeah. I double-checked before we came live so we could yeah. say that on the air. Free mobile The app. free mobile app. Free, and free, free. It's just like it's a fun trade for the Twins. I, I don't know that this is the finish line. I don't know that this is the culmination of all of their trade talks over the past five, six weeks. But I think that what they gave up and what they got back in return, if you're a Twins fan, I think it's something to be excited about.
1: Yeah, and it was just so uh, folks know, minor league pitcher Chris Valamont and a player named uh, from Miami for minor league first baseman, Lewin Diaz was the uh, complete deal, and right-hander Carlos Torres was designated for assignment by the Twins to make room on the roster, which I was upset about because uh, he followed me on Twitter, and I was going to try and get him on the show. He's a fun radio guest. I don't know if you guys ever heard no. him. He's a really fun radio guest. Carlos okay. Torres is a great radio guest and has a future in radio, if he so chooses once he's done playing. But that aside, I, Derek, I like the move. This better not be it. You said we could get to a little bit later of whether or not this is it or if this is enough. This better not be it. I'm going to say that with just over 48 hours left before the <laughs> trade deadline. This is not enough. It's enough to win the division. I thought they already had enough to win the division. I have not fixed the brakes. The brakes are cut, and this thing is flying down the road towards the division championship and October baseball. But as if when we talk about getting through
2: October – Sergio Romo better not be it. This cannot be it, Derek. There has to be more, right? Rami, is this a credible threat here? Like, this better not be it, or what? I don't know, man. (laughs) I got no power. I'm just saying, this better not be it. (laughs) Or I might stay in Milwaukee and do my shows from here. (laughs) Take that, Bomba Soda. Boycotting Bomba Soda <laughs> Dude, until they make another trade. I don't disagree with the premise of what you're saying. Like, like I think the Twins will do more. I should start by saying that. I, I think that they're not just going to rest on their hands and say, all right, well, that was a pretty fun trade deadline, huh, boys? I think they're going to keep manning the phones. I think the texts keep going out. I think they keep receiving texts. And I'm not ruling out even... Uh, even a few phone calls or FaceTimes Maybe here some face over the next 48 happening? hours. There's right. there's going to be some FaceTime action. Okay. That's my bold prediction. A little, I want to see what
1: you're wearing. <laughs> I just want to see the context of the words that you say about
2: see, Noah Syndergaard. I, I can
1: make things awkward all the way from here in Milwaukee,
2: Derek. <laughs> hey, I'm cool, man. <laughs> I'm chilling. I can see Manny through the glass. He's chilling in the other studio. We're good. Yep, but no, this...
3: I'm, I'm just going to keep my
2: microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> Just pop me and you down. Rami, you got the rest, bro. Rami, mean, it's all you. Rest of the way here.
1: This is not the trade where you can plan the parade. This is not
2: making the trade and planning the well, parade. Well, hang this on is a not, minute. This is not that. You told us, plan the, uh, you know, make the trade, plan the parade. You didn't... It wasn't a conditional statement.
3: You said... We didn't say a parade for what? Yeah,
2: that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, American
3: League Central what the parade Champions. For, do
1: do we, we throw parades for AL Central, for AL Central Champions? Is I that would. A thing? I
2: would. <laughs> Are you kidding me? For what this club's been through the past four or five years? I would. Um, uh, you're right. It's because- not... Uh, Go ahead, Rami. How much
1: does, how much does this help the Twins bullpen? Like when, I remember we were talking about this bullpen and how much they need to upgrade a few weeks ago. I don't remember if it was on this show or Mac and Judd with Rami, which is weekdays four to six here on Score North and the Score North mobile app. But I said if, if this, if this bullpen is going to be good enough, for the Twins to to make noise in October, you need to bump Trevor May down to at least the third, if not fourth, best arm out of your bullpen for high leverage situations. And this doesn't bump him down at all. This doesn't really change the pecking order much at all. Sergio Romo replaces one of these seven or eight guys who you've DFA'd in the last few weeks. He he doesn't change the pecking order in that in that bullpen. And I think that needs to happen.
2: I don't know, Manny. Let me ask you real quick what you mm-hmm. think because like. You know, we've seen Sergio Romo around. If you watched the 2010, 2012, or 2014 World Series, you know who we're talking about. Yeah, it's not the a same guy. I know That's he's thirty. He's thirty six years old. I'm not going to try to pretend like he's set up lethal weapon, setting up Brian Wilson the beard in the World Series. But I, I kind of view him as still an effective pitcher. Like, what's your level of trust bullpen wise, Manny, and and where Sergio Romo then slots in?
3: I think it, I think he can help. I'm not sure I want to rely on him to be like the number two bullpen arm behind Taylor Rodgers. Um, but I would trust him in, in, if you want to bring him in, in like certain matchups, if you get into a playoff game and, Let's just say, you know, one of your starters, say Older Rizzi or somebody like that can't get through the fifth inning and he's in a jam and you got to pull Older Rizzi out and you got another right handed hitter coming up. I would trust Sergio Romo to come in in that situation and get it an out and sure. get that right handed hitter out. He still uses that, you know, he, the velocity is, I mean, he's topping out at about, what, 87, 88 yeah. right now on yeah, the yeah, fastball, right. so he's it, not blowing anybody away. Is it really that away. low, or are you exaggerating? No, 87 no, it's, is it's, right. He's, he's out of, it's about 87 or 88. <laughs> Let's just get that out, out of the way.
2: He, he's, a, he's a feather baller by today's standards. Yeah. I, I still don't think that makes him a junk baller, but
3: I didn't mean to cut off your head of steam there. No, it, it was just, I mean... For the most part, I think he's just been using a slider. that's yeah. like been his go-to pitch yep, for, for sure. the most part. And I think if you can bring him in in certain situations against right-handed hitters to try and get those guys out with that slider, I think that's the, the type of role for if you. I mean, if you're trying to hold on to a two-run lead in the eighth inning, I'm not, I'm not relying on him to step in and, and breeze through the yeah. eighth inning. I think there's a specific—I like him— and I think he can help, but I think he can help in a specific type of role.
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, let's let's focus on October later. Let's right now focus on August and uh, September to get there for the Twins, because yep. I, I think in October the math changes, and you're going to say, "All right, we got tomorrow off. Taylor Rogers, you good for six outs? Thanks, Bud." But and that's if you don't make another trade, by the way. If you go mm-hmm. get Ken Giles, like all bets are off. Now you've got a loaded bullpen. Let's go. But if you are satisfied with your bullpen as it currently stands? I actually think that might trust Sergio Romo in some spots here, guys. Like especially August and September to figure out what you've got against righties. He's been pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want him facing lefties in a one-run game with you know late innings game on the line. That's my thing. When yep. you could just go get Taylor Rogers for that spot, uh, or if Lewis Thorpe pitches as well as he did last week, then maybe he's your guy. But I think that they are going to slot in Sergio Romo and at least try him out in a high leverage spot. And part of that, part of the reason I think that, is not just the KG veteranness. Uh, I, I wrote in Five Thoughts that he's probably, I don't have the league average moxie number. Like, I don't know what that number is. How do you quantify moxie? I would guess Sergio Romo clears that bar. But I, I think it goes beyond <laughs> that. I think it's his trust that he's going to build with Rocco Baldelli, um, partly in the time shared together in Tampa, but also just kind of Rocco feeling it out. You heard his quote to start the show here. Rocco said, and he he knows Sergio Romo better than I do, and he said he's afraid of nothing. I, I think that's going to matter for this Twins team down the stretch. Yeah, but
1: like I have friends who are afraid of nothing, and they should be afraid of things. Like they do stupid <laughs> stuff because they're afraid of nothing, and then they end up in situations. Like, dude, you shouldn't have gone can't, for that open mic. That, that they can <laughs> Exactly. You have friends like, really, like that, Rami. Admit like should, it. I told you I told you not to tell that joke. I told you it wasn't gonna work. But you were but you were afraid of you're afraid of nothing, guys. Yeah, right, you know okay. what I mean? For sure. It doesn't it doesn't always work out when you're afraid of nothing. And I'm not saying I don't like the Sergio Romo edition. We this was something that was floated out there last week before we even left for the weekend, guys, that they were looking into Sergio Romo. And I said I like it, he makes you better, but this isn't something that that puts you over the top. And closes whatever gap there might be between you and the class of the of the AL once we get to the postseason. And yeah, I love I love Taylor Rogers, and I'm I'm good with using him for six outs in October. But I need some other guys who I can count on to to get some high leverage outs in in postseason games. And when you say you, you think they'll trust Sergio Romo, you think against righties and lefties, Derek? You don't think he's going to be more of a
2: situational guy? Uh, well, that's where it gets dicey. Like I don't think this is going to be a standard bullpen where you've got. Seventh inning guy? Eighth inning guy? Ninth inning guy? Right, right. It's going to be more like, okay, seventh inning's coming around, two-run ball game, they got the lefties coming up. Okay, well, that's going to be Taylor Rogers' spot. Or it, or it should be if they're going to play it the way they have the first three months of the season. If it's the righties coming up and you got the eighth inning and Sergio Romo's coming in clean there, that might be a spot where you actually do trust him. I think at the very least, we can say, guys, it deepens their options against right-handed hitters. Now you've got that trust tree that starts with Taylor Rogers. Also, I think, includes Tyler Duffy, Ryan Harper, and now, fair to say, Sergio Romo. How promising is the the numbers that I,
1: I mentioned to start the show of a .61 ERA in his last 15 appearances for the Marlins?
2: I don't look too much at what he's done recently. I look at, like, does his stuff still play against big leaguers? And I think this whole season... Um, it hasn't been quite .61 shiny, but he's got you know a decent ERA, and opposing hitters, especially righties, are not crushing him by any
3: means. Right-handers are hitting 203 against.
2: Them. There you for go. Sure. Uh, no. Like it, it, he's he's a kind of guy who will be a weapon in certain spots for Rocco Baldelli and company. I I think the last fifteen outings is, is nice. It's a nice cherry on top of the Sunday, but if it was just a, a bad reliever throwing Slop who got lucky 15 outings in a row, I'd be way, way less interested than what I see right now, which is Romo the a guy who, yes, 36, but that slider still plays at the big league level, and it seems like there's more in the tank. The Twins are gonna try and see if they can get more out of it. Um, Rami, we do have a phone call here to the first segment of the Score North first place Twin Show here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. If you want to get in on the show, you can call us at 651-646-8255. That's the number that Twins chief baseball officer Derek Falvey will be calling later when he joins he doesn't the have show. not got the hotline? We'll give him the hotline. Okay. We'll give him the hotline. See if we can get our people to talk with his people. But we do have a caller all the way from Chicago. Howard wants to chime into the show. What's up, Howard?
0: It was a great win yesterday, especially when you beat the White Sox to get a four.
2: My question is simple.
0: Cincinnati is out of it. Sonny Gray or O'Rourke, why aren't we looking at one of those two guys? I know just has not pitched that well as of late, but I think he would be the other guy who helps you both then. But Gray or O'Rourke for a fourth or fifth starter is, I think, a lot better than Perez.
2: Howard, thanks for the call. I do think the Reds are an interesting trade partner because a month ago they were stated buyers. Hey, we're, we're adding to this thing.
3: We're going to make a run at it. And, and they were, they were in yeah. last place, but they were only like three or four games out.
2: And boy, they were a confident bunch. And I mean, you like to see that the new. Uh, era is underway in Cincinnati but might have to hold off another year starting pitching wise uh, let's get into this stuff later in the show for right now I I do think that the twins could afford to add another starter as Howard says I don't think Sonny Gray be at the top of my list like he just signed the extension with Cincinnati seems like a decent fit um, Tanner O'Rourke was the other one he mentioned and I might just aim a little bit higher that wouldn't be A disaster. The final name Howard brought up was Racel Iglesias, the the closer there for the Reds. Um, I really like that guy. Yeah, totally. And I know the Twins had some fans like a year. I haven't checked around this summer on him specifically, but a year ago, they definitely had, he, he had fans in their front office, I should say. Um, so that's an interesting name. And Amir Garrett's another one that you've seen floated around on the trade rumor mill and rumor aggregating websites. Uh, I, I don't know which of those would be the best fit for the Twins necessarily because it all comes down to price. But if you are looking for another starting pitcher, I think you can cast a wider net than that. If you're looking for another reliever and you just want to go get a guy who's lights out for the eighth or ninth inning or whatever spot of the game he's going to need to come up in. Yeah, I would, I would support that
3: type of addition as well. And Glacius uh currently has a four four ERA right now. Okay. Does that concern you at all?
2: Um a little bit just because But he throws hard. Yeah. I mean he's one of those fireballers mm-hmm. and he's got a nice little contract. So he like I kind of look at it and what do you what's your value over what we're paying you? And sure. I know a lot of front offices look at it that way too. From that perspective, like he's a pretty reasonable risk for me. And and you'd think that hey, you take him in, get him under your tutelage, your pitching plan. I think if you're the Twins, you almost have to have that certain level of cockiness right now that, hey, uh, Noah Syndergaard, or hey, Matthew Boyd, whatever. Like You guys are good pitchers. We like your talent. Get into our system and, and watch your stuff play up. We're going to help you be better.
3: I think you'd try to do the same thing. And oh, by the way, we're in a pennant race. Yeah, and The team you're on right now is not.
2: How's that? And yeah. and everyone that works in Soda loves coming to work every day.
1: The Reds are one of those teams that's kind of, there are a lot of them that are complicating this trade deadline in the sense that they're not buyers, but they don't plan on on completely selling because they think they're on the verge of contending. And you look around baseball, and there's a bunch of teams like that. Just in the National League, I think the Padres fit that description, the Pirates, the Reds the i mean look at what the mets did this year they obviously aren't gonna, or this this weekend they obviously don't plan on contending this year but in the near future they can I plan think, on whatever they I want guess, Rami, the phillies the nationals but there are a lot of those teams who aren't bottom feeders that would sell but they're also not going to contend this year and i think it's it's making the trade market as a whole sort of stagnant these teams that are just sort of holding they're in a holding pattern and thinking we can make some additions this offseason and contend next year
2: Uh, Fair point. Fair play. And there is just this weird spot if you're the twins for, okay, that means what you're talking about, Rami, that means there's less supply on the market. And if you want to talk economics 101, uh, I think we can do that in about an hour when uh, Derek Falvey, the economist, joins the show. He's also chief baseball officer of the twins. If you want to talk economics, supply goes down, demand stays the same. What happens to the price? It jacks way, way up. So it would be fascinating to see how the Twins have to respond to that sort of, what I view as kind of like an intricate, difficult market here leading up to the July 31st trade deadline.
1: And when you do look at the bottom feeders who would be sellers, they don't have a lot that you necessarily, like, what do you want off the Orioles? Ew, nothing. Like, there is nothing. There is nothing. I just threw up in my mouth with just contemplating a trade with the ball. Sure, that orders. wasn't the bratwursts. <laughs> I didn't put that overrated secret sauce on them, so I think I'm good. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. You're
2: deep I'm, in enemy territory, buddy. You better be
1: careful. I troll everywhere I go, Derek. It's, <laughs> it's the brand, man. But there there are a lot. There are a lot of those teams that are bottom feet. I mean, not a lot, but even the handful of teams that are bottom feeders don't have a lot to sell to you. The market is scarce right now, and everybody is looking for the same thing, pitching and mostly relief pitching because bullpens across baseball are just destitute and beaten up.
2: Hey, let's not ignore this on the other side of the break. uh, Mm -hmm. The Twins did beat down on the Chicago White Sox this weekend, winning three of four. All is right with the world again, or so it seems. The division lead is back up to two games after the Cleveland Indians loss, but I do want to close, you know, Rami, you're in for an hour with us, and I want to close up with you talking just reckless speculation. We're going to get absolutely reckless at the end of the noon hour here. Reports on Arizona starter Robbie Ray, Trevor Bauer fired a ball into the center of the sun, and that was funny. (laughs) <laughs> plenty of reckless trade speculation stuff that we can get to, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that Chicago series where the Twins took care of business and uh, spread the division lead a little bit more.
1: Phil Mackey had a number he tweeted out yesterday, or a stat, that blew my mind when when you talk about the race between the Twins and the Indians. And I'll, I'll I'll regurgitate that for you after a short break. It's the Score North first place Twins show, live from Boma Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 57. We're back right after this on 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile. York. The Score North Twin Show.
2: Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
0: To left field, going back is Jay to the wall, and that one's gone. Jonathan Scope hits his 16th,
3: and it is nine to nothing. Third home run of the day for the Twins.
1: Score North, first place Twins show, live from Boma the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number is 57. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, Phil Mackey joins the action at 1 o'clock, two hours of Twins talk coming your way today and uh, all week long. We have your Twins covered wall-to-wall Wednesday. We'll have wall-to-wall trade deadline coverage, whatever your Twins do or don't do. We'll be talking about it here on 1500 Score north.com and the Score North mobile app. And we're on every day at noon, including Thursdays, when we bring you Glenn Perkins on baseball on the Score North First Place Twins show. And next Tuesday... August 6th, hosting a Score North Twins show taping with Glenn Perkins at Modest Brewing next to Target Field from 5 until 7. Mac, you'll be out there. Judd will be out there. Derek will be out there. I'll be out there. But the really cool thing is that Glenn Perkins will be out there. And the really, really cool thing is you get a free beer just for showing up. And the really, really, really cool thing is, Derek, it's free to go. (laughs) F-R-E-E. Free but limited. So go to ScoreNorth.com slash Glenn. That's ScoreNorth.com slash Glenn to get your tickets and join us next Tuesday at Modest Brewing for a taping of uh, Glenn Perkins on baseball. The bomba there on uh, Fox Sports North bringing us out of the break, Derek, and uh, I don't know about you, but the thing I was somewhat concerned about, never really all that concerned, when the, the Indians were gaining on the Twins was not necessarily the pitching, but the bats had been quieter than we got used to them being, and it it appears between the Yankees series and the Sox series where they took three of four and put up run totals of 10, 6, and 11 in those three wins that the bats have have woken up for this Minnesota Twins team. That you can take some solace in, regardless of what's going
2: on in the standings. Yeah, it's weird. Byron Buxton gets back and things just start working Isn't that again. crazy?
1: Isn't that t- crazy
2: how that happens? I, weird. weird coincidence, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's still a little bit concerning, and I understand the sort of level of alarm that's out there, so let's not whitewash it here, against top-flight starting pitchers, there are people who are concerned about the Twins' bats right now. I would just point to the fact that after beating down on the White Sox this series, now they outscored them by a combined score of 28-11. to (laughs) Uh, After that beatdown, the Twins are officially third in the big leagues in run differential, which is a pretty solid indicator as to how good your team is. Over the course of a six-month season, by how many runs do you outscore your opponents? And Minnesota is third behind the LA Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Who The Astros are plus 126, and the Twins, by the way, are plus 125. So basically neck and neck for second place with a team that we all consider to be one of the best in baseball.
1: And I, I mentioned a stat that Mackie had uh, yesterday tweeted out about the Twins-Indians race in the, in the AL Central. Yeah. Not counting their head-to-head series today, yesterday, was the first time the Indians lost on the same day as a Twins win since June 29th.
3: <laughs>
1: since June month. 29th, the Twins haven't gained a game on the same day that the Indians lost in,
2: in almost a month. That is insane. It's funny, I had to get my bearings there for a second because if if it wasn't for the trade deadline, which I know to be Wednesday and I know to be july thirty first it would I would not believe that it's almost the end of July like i I wouldn't believe that August is this week. Do you know what I mean? Right. So when you say June twenty eighth, I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, all right, all right And then I think, oh my gosh, the trade deadline is on Wednesday. <laughs> it's been almost a month <laughs> since those two things have happened at the same time. it's that's an, that's an incredible stat that you got there, Rami.
1: But nonetheless, the brakes are cut, and the Twins are winning the AL Central. You never
2: even took them into a brake shop, did you?
1: No, never. Never even considered it. No, man, this thing is flying towards October. I'm telling you, there's no consideration that the Twins aren't winning this division. That's a little
2: reckless, I'm going
1: to be honest. Not for me, at least. There there have been some potholes. There have been some hairpin turns on the road that we've had to white-knuckle through. And there will be more. There will be more. But this team is winning this division. Whether Sergio Romo is the only move or not, Twins will win the AL Central. I've been saying that since the start of June. Well actually, I said it before the season. I declared the Indians officially dead on June 2nd, which yeah,
2: you did. <laughs> kind of was the turning point
1: in the division. Speaking of reckless. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> regardless. The Twins are going to win this division. And that's you can say that they beat up on on a a not so great White Sox team, but that's what you do when you face those teams and this is exactly yeah. what we were talking about when we said after the Yankees series, the the Twins had the easiest schedule in major league baseball from here on out till the end of september and this is exactly what you do in those types of stretches of schedule it's what the indians did it's why this race is as tight as it is and the indians have some tougher games ahead of them on the schedule so the the twins took care of business they got fat where you get fat and and that's what you're supposed to do when you're a division winning baseball
2: team yeah the way i look at it is like the sun was just shining on the indians for about six weeks and they made quite a bit of hay. I'm not gonna lie. They made a lot of hay while the sun was shining. But they probably should have made more because I think you're right, the schedule flips here and the twins' sun starts to shine. The one thing I'd be nervous about, I do have the schedule up in front of me if you want it, but the one thing that would make me nervous if I was if I had a rooting interest in, you know, following the Minnesota Twins, is that if the Cleveland Indians decide to hold on to everybody Add make another run at this thing, thinking that the central is well within reach for them. And the twins say, "We're good. We got Sergio Romo." I'd be a little bit nervous in that scenario if the Indians are decided buyers at the trade deadline Wednesday. See, do you see any way that they're outright buyers? I would if I was them. Like, I, it's weird because you're in such a tough spot with guys like Trevor Bauer. I mean, even Brad Hand, and it's such a difficult needle to thread for cleveland that hey the twins are probably better than you just i'm going to be honest the twins are better than you (sighs) but there's only so many years if you're not going to sign an extension for a guy like francisco lindor there's only so many years that you have the ability to employ one of the best players in baseball and i would try to be taking advantage of those years unless unless you want to really hit the dynamite and say all right we're trading Trevor Bauer. This winter, we'll listen on Brad Hand and Lindor. Like that, that, to me, is doomsday scenario for Cleveland fans. Short of that happening, I would say you almost have to add to try to take advantage of a down American League Central and one of the best players in baseball playing
3: shortstop for you. Shouldn't they just, I mean, if they're not thinking about contending next year or the year after that, shouldn't they just go as all-in as they possibly can right now? The Indians? Yeah.
1: See, what I think the Indians might be trying to do is buy and sell at the same time. I mean, Trevor Bauer is obviously the hot name. That's that's out there when you talk about Indians trade rumors. I've heard rumors that they've they've talked to the Padres about sending Trevor Bauer there for some of the young bats that the Padres have a an abundance of, almost a logjam of between their major league and the guys who are close to getting ready to to make the jump from the minor league to the major leagues. They have a lot of young powerful bats, and the Indians need offense. So there there's talk that they may trade Trevor Bauer for some young controllable bats which addresses a weakness for them, and obviously pitching, they have a plethora of that, so that extends their window to contend for a few more years, and they have trust in their pipeline that they'll they'll find the next Trevor Bauer, whoever that guy might be, to add to their rotation. For sure.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and good luck to them for that. That's That's a tough guy to replace, but to your point, they do have a guy like Shane Bieber came up, Won the all star game MVP. Like that, that wasn't necessarily a household name two years ago. So I think if you're asking me what I would do if I was Cleveland, it's ad. It's, hey, the Twins got a little cocky with that 11 and a half game lead and they started playing some worse baseball in the field. They're a little suspect. Uh, they think Sergio Roma might be the answer in the bullpen. Now we'll see if that's the only move they make, but I'm just thinking about it from an Indians fan perspective. All right. They are vulnerable. This is a time to strike. We will go but add to this team right now. Do they even have the
1: ammo to add without significantly subtracting? Because I don't think their minor league system is that highly ranked, is it? That's they, a good point. Do they have the chips to trade other than Trevor Bauer? If they, if they want to add and just be pure buyers at the trade deadline, we're keeping Bauer, we're keeping Kluber, and we're going to add more on top of that. Do they have the prospects to sit at
2: that poker table and add major pieces in that way? They do, but it just it depends on what's your timeline. If you are four years away from contending, you'd think that you know top prospects are actually kind of a better piece to have right now than big leaguers. But if your window to contend is 2019, yeah, they could ship off their prospects. Um, on the Fangraphs big board, just for you guys, uh, you're looking at how many players does... Each organization have among the widely regarded top 100 prospects in baseball. And it's a little nebulous. Everybody's list is maybe a little bit different, but I think it does give you a pretty good gauge for how good the industry thinks that the farm system is. The Indians are basically middle of the pack. Twins are one of the top, so they'll have the prospect ammunition to go shopping. But the Indians are fourth and uh, 15th, I'm sorry, with four prospects in the top 100. So to answer your question in a long roundabout way, Rami... If they wanted to go shopping and make that swing for 2019, yeah, I think they absolutely could do it. Um, we do have a phone call here again on the Scoring Our First Place Twin Show. If you want to get in on it, 651-646-8255. That's the number that Austin in Duluth called. He wants to talk about the Indians. What's up, Boston?
0: Hey, Derek. I wanted to add to your point about the Indians they've been being okay. Um, I think I, I haven't heard you guys talk about it. I listen as often as I can. How many games would the Indians be winning ahead of the Twins in the division had Kluber not been hurt, maybe Carrasco not been out, maybe Ramirez not having such a down year? I think the Indians could, if some things like that, start going their way. Um, Everyone's just talking about they're getting fat on easy opponents. What happens if things start clicking? And all we have is Sergio Romo. I don't know. I think there's an interesting aspect to that. And just one quick point. This team, the young core, has gelled. yeah, And there isn't a big pitcher that I know of in the farm system that's going to be able to come up and help this team, not just this year, but the fact that they have gelled. Wouldn't you think if you're Sadden Levine that there's not going to be anyone? Why not go all in and get someone like Noah Syndergaard, who's under control, that can come up with Rosario, Kepler, Buxton, as they grow as well. Yep. Just, uh Yeah.
2: Love it. Austin, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you listening to the show. Um on the point on trading for an ace, I could absolutely see that happening in the next 48 hours. Like don't, you know, this isn't uh this isn't a report. This isn't I'm Hold on, going say with Say that s-
1: say that again. <laughs> say that again?
2: I could absolutely see the Twins swinging a trade for an ace in the next 48 hours reckless speculation. Yeah, I walked right into that one. I Thanks set myself up, up for it. Thanks for picking up on my signal there, Manny, all the way from Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got well you Well done. Man, that's a good producer right Robbie, there. you give out yes. the vibes so strong, and Manny's as perceptive <laughs> as they come. That was that was an unfair fight for me. I walked into a booby trap. Um, but, I like, look, Austin's got a good point that I don't see a future ace necessarily, and if you think Syndergaard's that ace, or if you thought Marcus Stroman was that ace, or if you think Trevor Bauer could be that ace or Matthew Boyd. Like, I could keep listing starters. Then it makes all kinds of sense, not only for this year, but to swing a trade that gets that guy into the organization for years going forward. So I think there's probably something to that. Um, And then I just want to finish up the point on the Indians, too, is that that's the reason that a lot of people viewed them as preseason favorites in this division. The pitching was so strong. They had the two studs. And one of them didn't act very studly for a long time, Jose Ramirez. But they had Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, Shane Bieber. Like that's a lineup, and or that's a that's a starting rotation. And you didn't even mention Clevenger. That's exactly right. And and like he was pitching like an ace last year. Thank you for picking up yeah. on that. I told you he was perceptive, Rami. Um, that's five <laughs> guys that you, every team in baseball, would love to have that guy in their starting rotation. That's why I was high on the Indians coming into the year, even though they don't have the depth of talent that the Twins do in the lineup. Um, Just to flip Austin, the caller Austin's point on its head, is that like the Indians haven't performed like that, which to me has opened a window of opportunity for the Twins to not only have a big season, but to capitalize on it and win the Central this year, maybe, maybe a year ahead of schedule.
1: I've said that the brakes are cut. They're not getting them fixed. I have no inclination to get them fixed. And we'll have no inclination to get them fixed. The, the one exception to that, where we might have to somehow slow this thing down, drive it into a bank, and see if we can get somebody to come and fix the brakes, is if the best move that the twins make is adding Sergio Romo and the Indians somehow go out and do what you're talking about Derek which is add significantly and become buyers that I might need to fix the break on this <laughs> fix the brakes on this
2: thing if that happens I'm guessing part of your your calculus here Rami As just a a baseball watching savant, grew up Mm -hmm. with the game, followed it in three different markets now, Mm -hmm. seen good teams and bad teams. I think part of your calculus here is that this this Twins club right now, as it's currently constructed, is a is a good team. I would argue it's a great team. Twenty three games above five hundred, they're winning sixty one percent of their games. Like that's pretty good. Part of your calculus, if I can infer a little bit here is that you also trust the front office to go and add at a time where we're all clearly on the outside saying, yep, it's time to add, go get better, go make your club stronger and ready for that postseason push. I, I'm just guessing here, but that's probably part of your math, am I mistaken?
1: That's 100% part of Well, I wouldn't say 100% of my math, but that's a large chunk of my math. But it comes down to what I said When this season started, everybody was looking at the Indians pitching and going, how do the Twins catch the Indians? How do do they do that? And I looked at the Twins and said, well, with that lineup, that's how you do it. I know that the old cliche is pitching wins championships, but the more runs you score, the more runs you can give up. That's just simple math. Like You don't have to be an analytics savant to figure that out. Now, if the Indians close the gap on the Twins' offense and can score close to as many runs and have the far better pitching, that changes the formula. Again, sometimes you just, I know analytics are are great, I believe in them, but sometimes you just have to look at the simplest of math. And I looked at how many wins I thought the Twins added, mostly via offense in the offseason, and how many the Indians subtracted, mostly via offense in the offseason. And I said the Twins have closed the gap, and then some. The Indians can easily close that gap right back up by adding some bats, along with that stellar pitching staff that they have.
2: After winning three of four from the White Sox on the weekend, boys, the Twins are, as I, I kind of mentioned in passing there, they're winning at a six ten clip right now. That's pretty good. You like six ten clip? It's not bad. I'll take that. Play that over 162 games and round up if you want to at the end. 99-win ball club. That's... After five or six weeks where we were all kind of, uh, you sure what's going on with the twins lately? Are they going to step on the gas? Uh, Yeah, this, the way that the season has played up leading into the July 31st trade deadline, all things accounted for hot streaks, cold streaks, injuries, slumps, starting pitching. That was there starting pitching that abandoned you bullpen that we've been talking about since spring training, add it all up. And you're at a 99 win pace before adding Sergio Romo and before Any other possible moves that you could make that we could also probably talk about in the next segment if you wanted to, Rami? I would love to. I would love to talk about that in the next segment. It's time for some reckless
1: speculation. You're listening to the Score North first place twins show live from Boma Minnesota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is down to 57. The rumor mill is heating up as we are just over 48 hours away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And we'll talk about that next on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.
3: You want reckless speculation? Oh, you can't- you know this ain't gonna How about reckless trade speculation? Oh, the love of God! The Score North Twitter <laughs> Show.
0: Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
3: All right, it's time for a Score North download. It's 1246. Manny Hill here with you in this download brought to you by pillow. Should the twins make a big splash trade in the next 48 hours for a frontline starting pitcher? Noah Syndergaard, anyone? Let us know. Tweet us at score north. That's S-K-O-R north. Uh, no underscores, no dashes, anything like that. Just at score north. S-K-O-R north. Let us know. You can tweet us individually too. At Derek Wetmore, at Rami is tweeting, at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey, at Manny Hill 84, any of us here at score north just let us know should the twins make that big splashy deal for a noah syndigard type of frontline pitcher let us know as we return to the score north first place twin show rami Live from Soda, the land of
1: 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 57. I'm Rami Mackloff with Derek Wetmore, that voice you just heard, Manny Hill, and we are all over the Twins speculation this week as the trade deadline approaches, bringing you 10 hours of the Score North Twins show this week. If you miss any of it, you can listen back via podcast on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North mobile app, and Wednesday, on trade deadline day, Score North Twins show, first place Twins show, from noon until 4, taking you right up to Mackie and Judd with Rami. We're I'm sure there will be more talk about whatever the Twins do or do not do on the July 31st trade deadline at 3 p.m. And speaking of that, Derek Wetmore, I understand you, sir, have a plethora of reckless trade speculation regarding the Minnesota Twins just two days before the deadline.
3: It's a lot. Reckless speculation. There's
2: some juicy stuff in here. Let's I'm not weed gonna read through it. Like I'm just trying to prep you, Rami, because I, d- I don't know like what your tastes are. I know you're a bit of a foodie, and mm-hmm. don't want you to judge this. This next segment is gonna be fairly juicy.
1: I like I like spicy, and to me, the more rumors there are, the spicier it gets. So Love go it. ahead, hit me. All right. Well, let's start
2: in reverse just order. Put all the Tabasco <laughs> sauce on my food right now. Let's Little go. Cholula segment here. Mm. Um. Seriously, Chalula, call us. But I was uh, <laughs> writing over the weekend, Rami Makloff and Manny Hill. I, I posted sriracha. this morning. I do Sriracha we don't discriminate. Just saying. If yeah. it's good, it's good. Right. I wrote uh, this morning the five thoughts column that goes up on scorenorth.com every Monday. As you mentioned earlier, Rami, it's also on the Score North mobile app. You can find it in either one of those places. You could also get it in my newsletter. Read the column to find out more details about that. That was posted today, and it was all about Sergio Romo. I figure, hey, that's what's hot, right? Like, this actually happened. All these other things, like, they could happen or they might happen. And it's fun. It's reckless speculation. But Sergio Romo has actually happened. So I needed my Monday column to be, you know, the guts, what, what, what really went down. But over right. the weekend, there yeah. are no rules. There, <laughs> rules are off. All bets are off. I think Phil was out of town. So the boss, the boss was not going to be able to stop this reckless speculation from Were coming you drinking out of the fire and hose. speculating Is that, is that how, is that how reckless things got this weekend? This weekend, I did speculate and I did drink, but they never <laughs> happened at the same time. Okay. I just want to get Good that to out know. there. Good to know. We, we were never The White Claws were not consumed before the writing of this column. Because that's especially reckless. Yeah. That's, you don't want to get yourself in a spot like that. Don't drink and speculate, folks. No. Also, thank you for not ragging on me for saying that I drank a White Claw this weekend. Hey, so I'm going to move on. I'm not above a White Claw. Give me a Black Cherry White Claw. <laughs> Uh, OK, so there's like five things in here that I we can just you tell me which one you want to talk about, but I'll go rapid fire through them and you just put the pin in it when we got to stop. OK, Rami. All right. So one of the reports was actually Sergio Romo and the twins had been connected, that the twins had shown interest in the Marlins relief pitcher and uh, less than 24 hours after that was written. Boom. Done deal. The twins had it done. Lewin Diaz going the other way and the twins getting obviously Romo. Uh, pitching prospect Valamont, and then a player to be named. So, fun speculation led to an actual trade. Some of this other stuff, I'm not so sure, but we'll go in reverse order here. Okay? And I like the trade. I, just to say, I like the Sergio
1: Romo trade. It just, to me, it can't be the best move that they make.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you were pretty clear on that. We opened the show talking about Sergio Romo, mm-hmm. so for anyone listening live who missed that, just hit the podcast and go find that first segment where I think the general consensus was good move. Like give it a thumbs up. But Rami is holding out and waiting for a little bit more. He does have hashtag World Series attitude. So he's not content with just one non closer reliever. He, he basically wants more. I think make that's the fair. trade, make the trade, plan the parade. So now you're saying make another trade, plan the parade? Or <laughs> yeah, you that that have was to afraid, plan the parade. Make the trade,
1: plan the parade.
2: Make the trade, plan the parade. That's going to be a longer hashtag, Rami. That's going to be tougher to get trending. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Kirby m- Yates is another name that has been mentioned, and that is a guy whose lights out and totally would move the needle for you. Yes. Foster Olney tweets over the weekend, other teams say the selling price on Padres closer Kirby Yates remains extremely high, with San Diego indicating that is perfectly content keeping Yates, unless some team has a wipeout package of prospects.
1: Because San Diego is one of those teams, like I was talking about before, that's in a holding pattern. They know that they're not going to win a World Series this year, but they think they can make some additions in the offseason, along with some improvement from within, and all the young guys that they have coming up that should just get better as they get more acclimated with the major leagues, they think they could start making some noise as soon as next year, so they're not really that motivated to sell right now.
2: Yeah, and that's... A fairly difficult one to read from the outside. I'll just say that I'm right. not exactly sure I know what their plan is. Another report came from John Morosi, MLB Network and MLB.com, who said that the Twins are among the teams to inquire on Diamondback starter Robbie Ray. A source confirmed to John Morosi, Robbie Ray is a 27-year-old lefty, pretty decent starting pitcher. What say you, Rami Maklouf? What's his contract situation? I think he's got a year after this. Uh, let me look that up for you. Okay.
1: I really like Robbie Ray and I don't I don't know what the price would be but that is an upgrade on your pitching staff and you're you're again what I'm looking for is not I don't think you need a guy who puts you over the top in September I think you got what it takes to hold off the Cleveland Indians you need a guy who upgrades your rotation in October, and obviously Robbie Ray would bump Kyle Gibson or Jake Odorizzi out of the playoff rotation, and that's what you're trying to do if you had a starter. If yep. a guy isn't good enough to do that, then he's not worth making the trade for.
2: Okay, yeah, Ray's got one more year of control after this, so he and would not. An, he's bumping an, you for this postseason, but he's also going to help fill out your rotation next year, and that's an added bonus. Yeah, so I. I I would pay a relatively high price for a Robbie Ray, and it might cost that. He's a big strikeout pitcher. He would instantly take over the lead in the Twins' rotation uh, as far as strikeout rate is concerned. He's got a three nine five ERA this year in one hundred twenty three innings, at least as of the time I wrote this on uh, Saturday. So, twenty seven year old lefty got some swing and miss stuff. He does walks and batters, and he gives up hits. So he's not. I mean, he's not your Max Scherzer. He's not your. you know Chris Sale, arm talent, but he is up there in terms of swings and misses, uh, and could be yours, Twins, if you are willing to pony up the prospects. And he's not going to cost you Lewis or Kirilov, is he? He's not uh, well, that good. I mean, if I'm the Diamondbacks, I probably start every conversation with that. But knowing full well that a year and two and a half months or three months of Robbie Ray probably not going to get you the same type of return. And then when you look at what Marcus Stroman fetched for the Blue Jays, uh, I. I don't know that the price would be that high. I think you're right.
1: But you can't compare your trade to what the Mets do because they're the Mets and they <laughs> they don't make sense.
2: Speaking of the Mets, let's get yes. to Noah Syndergaard. How about a Joel Sherman report from the New York Post uh, who said a couple of things. One, that the likelihood of trading Syndergaard and closer Edwin Diaz has increased. This is a quote from a column he wrote over the weekend. The, I, Mets, the Mets have let teams know... That they would like a package to include a starter who can go into their rotation now, even if he's a number 3 or 4 type, and a few top prospects. This is talking about any return for a Syndergaard trade. Uh, Here's a quote. They have set out that they will only move Syndergaard if they are overwhelmed by a proposal. You love hearing that type of language this time of year, don't you boys? Uh, But more in a market crying out for top starters to become available. The Mets think that such a deal is... Is out there? Do you make that trade to plan the parade, Rami? For Syndergaard, yeah. Syndergaard and Diaz would be an even bigger haul, and that would be an even bigger. If you get Syndergaard package. and
1: Diaz, we're really talking about planning a parade.
2: There's no need for planning like, at that Lynn- point. Like you just freewheel it. That exactly. the parade just goes exactly. <laughs> no, I would.
1: I would definitely be in those talks. But what are the Mets doing? Are they drunk? Like we were talking before about you not not drinking and speculating. Are they drinking no, I can't and dealing? Do that. Are they calling? Are, are they just dr- are they drunk dialing other GMs in Major League Baseball? Because why do you add Marcus Stroman, who's older and has less contractual control than Noah Syndergaard, and then turn around and want to trade Noah Syndergaard? None, none of what they do makes sense. So we can, I mean, I love speculating, but there is no telling what the Mets would do or why they would do it. They they don't make any sense whatsoever.
3: This this guys this is what the New York Mets are doing. There's no reckless speculation here. This is what the New York Mets are doing. You got it? <laughs> There's no reckless speculation coming in there. No, no sound. That just is a car what crash. the New York Mets are doing right oh, now. That's amazing. And I feel bad for my guy, Marcus Stroman, because I like Marcus Stroman yeah. a lot. And now, I mean, I know he wanted to go to New York, but I think when Not he was thinking to go to New York, I think he was thinking of the other New York. <laughs>
2: They're like, don't wait. What if you keep all the starting pitching now... Don't you just try to go for it? I mean, I know you're losing Zach Wheeler, who, by the way, another nugget if you guys want it. But, I mean, I would target Zach Wheeler if I was the Twins. I would call them and say, hey, lower price for this guy since he's a free agent? If you're the Mets, you could make the reasonable case to say, if you think you're this close, keep Syndergaard. Keep DeGrom, obviously. You keep Stroman now for next year. And you offer... Zach Wheeler, the qualifying offer this year, and just let him stay for what? 18 million, eighteen and a half, whatever it's gonna be. That's a rotation, man. You could win some games next year. But it's the Mets, so I I mm-hmm. don't know. I have no idea. I it have, doesn't make any sense. I have no earthly <laughs> guess. Like I let's let me just say this quickly and we do have I want to get to Zach Wheeler and we gotta hit a break here. But um if the Mets are very calculated evil geniuses in this and saying, hey, there's like eight or nine starters out there, difference making starters. We're going to take one of them. So now, if you want to trade, we've got three of the nine that are out there. And if we're not selling, hey, the price of poker just went up. If you want one of these guys, you're going to have to pay us a premium to get them. I think that's maybe giving them a little bit too much credit, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. That's d- too smart of a process.
1: If, if if they are still intent on trading Noah Syndergaard, as reports last week indicated, yeah, I'm I'm pushing hard to make some some kind of deal. And if they want to throw in Diaz as well, I'm willing to give up Lewis or Kirloff. Take your pick. Yeah, you're crazy. Take you're your crazy. pick to take your pick to surround this deal. Not both. I'm not saying I'd give up both, but go ahead and take your pick who you want to center this deal around Here's and let's talk.
2: Something interesting to me if I'm calling the Mets and they are a little tipsy or they've been drinking or maybe they're just getting over a bender like Rough morning for them just looking to make a deal before the July 31st trade deadline. Not saying any of that stuff is happening. I'm just saying if. I would call them and I'd say, all right, everyone's banging down your door for Thor. Let's get a deal done here, boys. Let's get Zach Wheeler to Minnesota, and then you take your pick, Mets. Who do you want to deal Seth Lugo or Edwin Diaz? I want both pitchers, a starter and a reliever. Stop talking about our top prospects because this isn't Thor anymore. Let's figure this out a little bit on down the list and let's make a deal. What do you say, Mets?
1: I mean, I would definitely, I would love to do that. I like Wheeler, but if I can get Syndergaard and Diaz, we're talking about flying flags, Derek Wetmore. That's That's right. That's what I'm trying to do. And Casey Stern from MLB Network, I'm looking at a tweet from him right now that says, Ask an Astros fan what they dealt for Verlander. Answer, not sure. (laughs) Want to go watch the World Series DVD? (laughs) If you can win, go win. And it includes, the tweet includes a picture of a t-shirt that says, Prospects are cool. Parades are cooler.
2: Wow. That's right. And Amazing. flags fly forever, Derek Wetmore. That's how long they fly for.
1: This is the Score North First Place Twins show. Another hour coming up, including Derek Falvey joining the show at about one twenty. Phil Mackey steps in right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.